0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, September 22, 2009. I'm Caleb Brown. General Stanley McChrystal says failure in Afghanistan will be assured without more troops. President Obama, meanwhile, says he inherited an Afghan war strategy that was adrift. But what would success look like? And what does the president believe constitutes a better war strategy? And why is leaving Afghanistan simply off the table? Malou Innocent is a foreign policy analyst at the Cato Institute and co-author of a new paper, Escaping the Graveyard of Empires, a Strategy to Exit Afghanistan. General McChrystal says we need more troops and a new mission. Without a new mission, our current mission should basically come to some sort of end. Is that about right?
1: Right. Well, I'm not sure really what General McChrystal is getting at, because the stated mission for the United States is to disrupt, defeat, and dismantle al-Qaeda. And that's something that's a narrow and feasible objective for the United States to achieve. The problem with that is that the administration keeps opening the aperture, so to speak, and begins to say that the United States must also uh, disrupt and defeat its extremist allies, al-Qaeda's extremist allies. And we sort of are beginning to see a more broader nation-building aspect to all of this, not just the limited targeted strikes against al-Qaeda, which is a narrow counterterrorism approach, but this broader population-centric counterinsurgency aspect, which essentially would require hundreds of thousands of troops for at least 12 to 14 years, not including the last eight. So that's the stated mission. It's gone from this narrow- Counterterrorism approach to a more broader nation-building aspect where we're uh, requesting our military to protect the villages of Afghanistan. Of course, you can't protect the villages of Afghanistan with 100,000 troops. So it sort of begs the question, where does this end? What is the end state, so to speak? In fact, if you look at the U.S. Army and Marine Corps' own metrics, you would need 200,000 troops in the South alone, 650,000 in the country altogether. And so we don't have that. It's impossible to even muster that force in the foreseeable future at all. And so for McChrystal to say that he needs the mission properly resourced, with what resources, with what manpower, what soldiers are you going to bring to bear? And also, uh, even if you do uh, pledge that the the requested number of troops and time and resources, that doesn't necessarily mean that we'll uh, yield the outcomes we want. Will we see a flourishing Jeffersonian democracy in the middle of Central Asia? Highly doubtful. Also, you have to imagine that we would have to do this within costs acceptable to the American public, which also doesn't seem feasible.
0: There's a mismatch of rhetoric between McChrystal and President Obama. President Obama says that he inherited a mission that was adrift. The mission becoming adrift was a widening of the aperture, as you say, in terms of securing uh, people and, and Afghans. McChrystal here... Uh, This is from yesterday's Washington Post. McChrystal makes clear that his call for more forces is predicated on the adoption of a strategy in which troops emphasize protecting Afghans Rather than killing insurgents or controlling territory, well, isn't that sort of the direction that the mission is headed in, anyway?
1: Exactly, that is the mission that it's headed in, and it's it's sort of gone back to this notion that President Bush offered, which is that the security of the United States depends on the security of other people, of uh, foreign populations, and that's not necessarily the case. And granted, the the guerrilla jihadi groups in this region, such as the Taliban, such as the Haqqani network, these various uh, guerrilla jihadi groups, they are rep- uh, reprehensible, they are abhorrent. However, they don't pose a direct ex- Existential threat to the United States. And what we would see if we slowly scaled down our presence is the possibility of these militant groups uh, coming back into play within Kabul and within, especially within the southern and eastern provinces of the country. But again, that doesn't necessarily mean that these groups, if they were to arise, that number one, that they would pose a threat to the United States, and number two, that they would uh, allow al-Qaeda to take root, especially when you consider that in 2001, their, the fact that they provided sanctuary to al-Qaeda led to their overthrow. So I think the Taliban have learned from that previous decision. Number one, number two, if I even concede the point that some people make, which is that Okay, well, Taliban will allow Al Qaeda to take root in Afghanistan. Well, that's almost a best case scenario. You wouldn't want Al Qaeda in Pakistan. You would want to fish them out of Pakistan and have them in an isolated, landlocked country that you can easily strike with cruise missiles and Reapers, and you can have ongoing surveillance. So even if you concede that point that the Taliban would offer sanctuary to Al Qaeda, that's fine. And I think that really what we must focus on is the fact that Al Qaeda is again a global network. It is decentralized. That you don't need thousand 100, 150 thousand troops in one country especially when you consider the fact that al-Qaeda has operatives in, in Yemen, in the Philippines, around the world. And so that has to be combated with ongoing intelligence sharing, uh, foreign uh, foreign assistance, foreign uh, uh, you know intelligence sharing as well, and a cooperation with foreign law enforcement agencies, not necessarily blunt military force.
0: McChrystal also points out that one of the huge risks posed to the mission in Afghanistan is the corruption of the Afghan government that the U.S. is nominally Uh, trying to support, if that's a risk to the military isn't our presence there sort of providing in some sense a subsidy to that government's corruption
1: exactly in fact uh, just recently uh, special envoy for the region richard holbrook said that us taxpayers were actually funding the taliban insurgency he was spe- speaking specifically about our opium eradication efforts luckily that's changed now the united states only targets those uh, local farmers who are affiliated with the insurgents uh, but if you look at overall like what our mission is and what we hope to achieve we must begin And president obama i hope would begin into to narrow our objectives. It should just be focused on al-Qaeda, focused on allowing uh, the Afghan entity not even a nation state in the western sense of the word but enabling afghanistan to sort of protect itself you know we can prolong the sort of advising role and the training role for the afghan national security forces that would cost between 5 to 7 billion dollars a year for the next several years that's something that's more affordable than this sort of large scale long term military presence that's costing upwards of 65 billion a year uh, so again i think we must narrow the mission and hopefully president obama doesn't continue to paint himself into this rhetorical corner uh, similar to what happened almost 40 years ago under President Lyndon Johnson and I don't want to make too many analogies between Afghanistan and Vietnam because I think that historical analogies can obscure as much as they can illuminate but I think if going to the point of your question about the legitimacy of the government in Kabul uh, going forward will appear to be propping up an illegitimate government the longer we stay and that is in some way, shape, or form, looks like what we did with President Neo Diem back in the 60s. He was considered an American puppet. He alienated large swaths of the Vietnamese people, and it's the same thing with Karzai. Many Afghans consider Karzai to be a U.S. puppet um, that the United States, uh, unfortunately, is funding the Taliban insurgency. That's a huge conspiracy theory within Afghanistan, and he's done a great job of marginalizing and alienating many of the Pashtuns within the southern and eastern provinces, uh, and they are the largest minority group. So you look at the the sort of problems in the complexities of this mission and the problems of insurgencies more generally. And our in our stated mission of trying to increase the legitimacy of the Afghan government looks very untenable, especially if you just look here in the United States. Some people don't even believe that Barack Obama is their legitimate president. How are we going to increase the legitimacy of Afghan President Hamid Karzai in a country we barely understand in a very clan-based, tribal-based society? Um, this looks like an extremely
0: far-fetched mission. Malou Innocent is a foreign policy analyst at the Cato Institute and co-author of the new paper, Escaping the Graveyard of Empires, a Strategy to Exit Afghanistan. You can read the paper at Cato.org.